630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Hey, thanks for tuning in tonight. 7.05, hour number two of 6.30, Chad, Inside Sports. Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins. We'll be back Monday when the show goes on the road to West Edmonton Mall. Open practice. That's the first practice back from the bye week and all-star break for the Oilers. 3.30 till 5 at West Edmonton Mall. Then from 6 to 8, there's an autograph session for you fans. And uh, Reed will be on location with this very program. And the Oilers back in action uh, Wednesday, the 29th of this month against the Calgary Flames, an extended edition of the Face-Off Show at 6.05, and then 8 o'clock is the drop of the puck. And uh, 60 days left, or in the next 60 days, the Oilers play 30 games. So it's going to be very busy. Very light January, and that, you hope, will play will pay dividends down the road as the Oilers are in second spot in the uh, Pacific Division and tied with 57 points uh, with Calgary and with Vegas and with Arizona, but because of tiebreakers and whatever else they use to figure this out. I know the Oilers have a game in hand on the Flames, so that's uh, one reason why they get second spot right now. Canucks are in first place. This hour of the program, we will hear from uh, Kenny Stafford. He's going to drop by later on in this half hour. We're going to spend some time with him, former Edmonton Eskimos receiver. He is a pending free agent. Get his thoughts on, uh, you know, what's what's to come for him. Uh, comments on last season. Started in Edmonton, got traded to the Riders for kick returner Kristen Jones, and also get his uh, Super Bowl thoughts on the matchup between the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers in 10 days' time in Miami. Why don't I mention this? The uh, Professional Hockey Writers Association came out with their mid-season awards today. Connor McDavid. I don't think they've done this before. I think this is the first time they've they've done mid-season awards. I don't recall this. No, no. I've, I think there's different media companies that will put out their yeah. quote-unquote mid-season awards. I think we've done it on Inside Sports maybe a couple times in the past and yeah. that stuff since I've started doing it, but sure. I can't. This is the first time I've ever seen, like, this is like the official, unofficial midseason awards, if that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. So, the, uh, and this is the group that, like you say, picks the end of season awards. So, right. at midseason, they select Connor McDavid as the Hart Trophy winner, uh, Connor Hellebuck of the Jets as the Vesna, which is interesting considering interesting. the Jets are struggling, but, uh, you know, having a pretty good season. I think it's a nine seventeen save percentage on a struggling team. That's not bad at all. Um, also, John Carlson, no no doubt about this, of the Capitals, uh, named the midseason Norris Trophy winner. Kale McCarr of the Avalanche, the Calder Trophy, fine defenseman for them. Sean Couturier, the Philadelphia Flyers, the Selkie for the best defensive forward. Nathan McKinnon, the Lady Bing trophy for uh, sportsmanship. Mike Sullivan, coach of the year of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Why not? Sidney Crosby misses all that time. They don't miss a beat. Incredible. Now Crosby's back. Uh, Look out. And Tristan Jari as well. Former Edmonton Oil King came in for Matt Murray and uh, he is uh, (laughs) well, he's an all-star. He's an injury replacement, but Mm -hmm. he's an all-star. I believe he replaced uh, Corpus Salo from from Columbus, but uh, great job by Tristan Jari. The uh, best GM goes to Joe Sackick of the Avs, Jacob Slavin of the Hurricanes, best defensive defenseman. And this one got people wrangled, uh, a little bit wrangled. Uh, William Nylander of the Leafs named comeback player. Now, it was explained why, because, I mean, we the new information about Connor McDavid's knee injury and the severity of it 
has come out this week, and we had mm-hmm. Don Metz talking about the documentary, Whatever It Takes, the story of Connor McDavid's uh, in, knee injury and, his, and the journey back, which you can see on Sportsnet, select uh, times after tomorrow's skills competition and throughout the weekend. Um, obviously, he should have been comeback player of the year um, at the midpoint, but the problem is no one knew about it until this week, and the votes were cast last week. So some people are, and I was like this too. I was like, how could Carter McDavid not be the guy? How can that happen? Well, if you uh, have the balloting all done and there's a certain point where balloting has to be in and then you find out new information, I'm sure everyone, if they had a chance to go back and vote again, would vote Carter McDavid as the comeback player of the year. Card subject to change. Now, there's your wrestling re- reference for the yeah. night. There we go. Now, comeback player, I don't know, because it's not like he was... I mean, this is more of a Bill Masterson trophy to me than it is a comeback player. So um, some people were upset, but hey, William Nylander, whatever, it's fine. Um, Connor McDavid, Hart Trophy at the midpoint, great. We'll see what happens at the end of the year. It's going to be a nice sprint uh, to the finish line. Uh, Jay Woodcroft on Oilers Now today talking about Tyler Benson and Evan Bouchard. Tyler Benson going... Uh, and Bouchard going to the American League, American Hockey League All-Star Classic this weekend. Tyler Benson leads the uh, Condors in scoring. Nine goals, 24 assists for 33 points. Evan Bouchard leads all Condors D-men in scoring with 24 points, seven goals, 17 assists in 40 games. Leads all rookie D-men with seven goals. Second among rookie D-men in scoring. Among all NHL defensemen, he ranks 11th in scoring. He's an injury replacement, but Jay Woodcroft today in orders now with Bob Stoffer talked about uh, the play of Benson and Bouchard. For Tyler, I think, um, you know, I've seen a spike in his play post-Christmas. He's skating well. He's making plays with the puck. Uh, The type of plays that we're accustomed to seeing him make. Um, He's been a real uh, threat in the renaissance of our power play here post-Christmas. And, um, you know, I just, I, I like... I like the way he's playing the game as a whole. Um, he scored last night. He had gone a few games without scoring, but he scored last last night and was a big factor in our team win. I think he's pushing. He is he's pushing every day and and he's controlling uh, his daily process and and just concerned with being the best he can be uh, day in day out. For Bush to get for for Bush to get named. Um, he, I'm very, very happy for him because I, I think um, when you talk about where someone was at the start of the season in October compared to where he is now, um, I've seen huge improvement in him. And he was already a, a, a very good hockey player and obviously uh, an offensive threat. Um, but for me, I've seen real improvement in his 200-foot game. He's defending harder. Um, he is... I see him controlling games. I see him uh, controlling games with uh, his feet and getting up in the rush and leading the rush. Uh, I see him controlling games with his passing ability, so his ability uh, to find the open man. And, you know, we talked about our power play being on fire post-Christmas here, and uh, he's a huge factor uh, in that as well. So um, for him to get recognized with the way he's specifically played over these last two months um uh, like i said i'm proud of him and it's very well deserved 
So Tyler Benson and Evan Bouchard going to the American Hockey League All-Star Weekend this weekend, as a matter of fact. I believe they play their game on Monday. I think Sunday's the skills, Monday is the actual game. Not sold, not sold on, or not sold that that's correct information. Uh, here it is, January 26th and 27th. So there you go. Uh, it is Sunday, Monday. So Brian Burke also appearing on Oilers Now today with Bob Stoffer. His thoughts on the All-Star game. Well, I think they're important. I mean, the games themselves suck. Um, <laughs> they, do in, they do in every sport. Like, like other than baseball, Yeah. all the leagues have battled to come up with some kind of All-Star format. I think the worst is the NFL, the Pro Bowl. Yes. I mean, it, it's dreadful. Um, our game isn't anything like a real NHL game. But it does highlight the skill of the players. The one good thing about All-Star, and I do enjoy that, I do watch it, yep. is that you see the individual skill level of the players, which is just breathtaking. So um, the game itself I don't like, but I like watching the players in the game. It is important for the league, and it's a, it's a good honor, and it's a nice way to acknowledge and recognize the top players in the league. So it's important. Uh, it's important for the broadcast partners like us. It's important for the sponsors. And uh, it's important that players participate. Uh, I do think at a certain point you acquire the right to say no. Like I have no problem with, with uh, Obi not going. Mm-hmm. But until you get to a certain high level, uh, you got to go. Wayne, Wayne went all those years. Wayne played in all those Canada Cups, did all those All-Star games. Um, if Wayne can do it, these guys can do it. Yep, I agree. And as far as the criticism of the All-Star game, we just got to take it for what it is. You know, it's not a representation of a real game. I agree. It kind of used to be. There used to be some hitting. There used to be some nastiness in the All-Star game. But you don't see that anymore. And that's okay. But what you do see, and Brian Burke's right, you do see the individual skill come out at times. The pace can be kind of slow even for three-on-three. I thought last year's was really slow at times. I didn't even think that all three games were memorable. Uh, When it first came out, it it was awesome. Um... Two years ago, I remember, uh, I believe the Pacific Division won, and that final was unbelievable. I think it was 7-6 Pacific. Did not not go to a shootout. I can't remember. Or there might have been a breakaway uh, or a penalty shot for McDay. I can't remember. But uh, it had some excitement. So hopefully you get back to a little bit of excitement this year uh, with the All-Star game. We have the All-Star game uh, games. We have the coverage for you Saturday starting at 6 from the Enterprise Center in St. Louis. The Metro will take on the Atlantic, and then the Pacific will take on the Central, and then the winners of those two games will play for in the final, the $1 million uh, final. Three-on-three hockey, right? Three-on-three hockey, that's right. There you go. Uh, Eskimos acquire Jordan Robinson, running back and kick returner from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in exchange for the rights from the players' negotiation or from the team's negotiation list. Robinson was on the Bombers practice roster last season when he was re- after he was released from the Eskimos and then was released at the end of the season, as you have to do, CFL teams have to do uh, every year to uh, you know get their rosters back to where it needs to be. All practice roster players are released. They become free agents. He was signed back to the Bombers, in fact, this week. And uh, back in the fold of the green and gold. Uh, has some ability. Saw him a bit in 2018 for half a season. Um, he had 23 
carries, or sorry, 23 yards on seven carries, five receptions, 77 yards, one touchdown, uh, the 213 yards on 28 punts, and 670 yards for on kickoffs and missed field goals for 58 yards. Uh, has some ability. Um, I think he's someone that is going to have to show that he has an understanding of the return game, but definitely in the Scott Milanovic run offense, I think he's probably going to kind of have that showcase where um, he can be that 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 running back that can catch the football in space and uh, have a chance to hurt defenses because I don't know if Scott Milanovic is going to be all that run reliant. Uh, Brock Sunderland had a chance to sit down with uh, Morley Scott recently, and uh, he says we're preparing for free agency. And what's different about this free agency is for the first time eight days prior to it opening on February 11th, there's a negotiating period. The coaches have been watching our roster, and they've also been given a list of players throughout the league that I want their insight on. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense if I'm over the moon on someone now, I'll have final say, but it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for me to go sign someone that's not going to fit what they do in a scheme schematically. So I um, want their insight, and that's what we've been working through the last week, week and a half. And coaching staff is assembled, so he's getting more and more uh, intel or insight, and like he says, he's going to make the final decision. They still have about 30 free agents. They have left to sign before February 11th and it's not all going to be uh, you know that list isn't going to go away some won't be back some will here's Brock Sunderland on going to sign anyone before then? Yeah, I anticipate we're going to sign some more free agents. I'm not going to comment on whether we're close or not because my interpretation of close versus theirs may not be uh, ideal, but having good conversations with several players, and I do anticipate getting some of our guys back, and uh, that's what we're going to be working on in uh, the near future. One-year contracts, uh, they're not going away. Uh, it can be frustrating for fans and frustrating for, for teams, for players. Hey, I mean, they're kind of protecting their their rights too uh, because contracts aren't guaranteed but Brock Sunderland says it's just how you have to deal with free agency now. It creates what we have right now which is a lot of free agents on every team and a lot of uncertainty going into the offseason for the most part for all nine teams so again it just it is what it is and I'm the type of person that I don't focus on the negatives of it it's something all nine teams have to deal with so this is the world we live in and you do the best you can with the situation you have. As much as you want to build for three or four years yeah the reality is it is a year to year roster building process because of the one-year contracts when you have the number of penny free agents that most teams do have it's extremely difficult to have continuity when we come back we'll uh, talk to someone who's also a, a pending cfl free agent his name is kenny stafford former eskimos receiver technically right now he's a member of the saskatchewan rough riders we'll have kenny in next in studio on 6 30 chad inside sports Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins this week. Reed will be back on Monday. And as promised, he's here. One of my favorite people ever, Kenny Stafford of uh, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I said you're a pending free agent. You're not. You're actually under contract. Yeah. Ba that's bad. Bad info from a so-called CFL guy. Uh, yeah. You, can't, <laughs> you don't get me in trouble now. I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm a free agent. No. I am under contract for sure. How you doing? 
I'm doing good. Yeah. How about yourself? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Everything else is good. Everything is good. You survived the cold snap last week, so that's good. Yeah, that was frigid. <laughs> it was so cold here. It was very cold. It was got too cold, like, like leaving your apartment. Like, I felt like my snot freeze and, like, automatically. Like I, like, I was telling my girlfriend, I was like, man, this is unreal. Like, I never, like, yeah, it's so cold. Here. Can, can you imagine what it would be like for people to who have to work outside for couldn't a living? It. Couldn't couldn't imagine. <laughs> like, uh, like just being out. I, and I was even taking a step further, like being homeless, man. Just like having to yeah. sit. Like, I, I, I was just like, man. It's unreal, like, how cold it is outside. But, look, like, now I see, like, when it gets 35 degrees, like, people are out in shorts and like, <laughs> short sleeves. Like, when it's been negative, it was, like, negative 20, like, yeah. Fahrenheit. Yeah. I, I don't know about Celsius. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, we were joking that, you know, there would be, like, a 30-degree or more temperature swing the good on the, in the good way, on the good side of things. And, okay, how many people will be out in their spring jackets and like, even in their, today, you know. Like, even when I walked out today, I was just like, man, it's actually warm outside. Like, uh, I'm not used to this. Well, yesterday I'm shuffling all that snow, and, man, that snow came quick. But luckily, I live in an apartment, so yeah. I don't have to really worry too much yeah. about you well, know, shoveling in the driveway yet. <laughs> lucky you. I used to live in a condo, so I now I'm third year as a homeowner again. Again. So, uh -oh. yeah, so, you know, shoveling kind of kind of stinks sometimes. But I was, like, getting warm. Yeah, no, no, no. It did. It, it, yeah. the, the, degree, the degree change is crazy. And what's amazing to me is how many players stay here yeah. in the offseason. Why a is that? Of, uh, I mean, Edmonton, it is a good place to be. The yeah. people are good. I mean, you can make a lot of connections but end up having, you know, coming to some jobs. I mean, talk on the radio like me. There you uh, go. I'm training kids, so training kids in the off season. So I mean, you have in, um, many different avenues, and even past players that have played here end up staying yeah. and making families and making it home. Yeah. Like uh, this is my third year living here year round. So mm -hmm. I mean, well, last year was half a year because I got traded in the middle of the year. But yeah. Other than that, um, yeah, man, it was. It, this is a. Uh, it's a good place to be. I mean, I, I call it home, so it, it is. A, it's a great place to be. He is Kenny Stafford, current receiver for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, uh, ex of the Edmonton Eskimos. Uh, he's uh, graciously joined us in studio. Dave Campbell and for Reed Wilkins. Uh, we'll talk to Kenny more about uh, the experience again, and I'll remind you. He is his own agent, so we'll talk about that, and we'll talk about the time last year where he got traded and what it was like being a member of the Riders. And there's a Super Bowl coming up in about 10 days. We'll get his thoughts on that as well. Dave Camlin for Reed Wilkins on the Thursday evening edition of Inside Sports. Thanks for joining us tonight. Edition of 630 Jet Inside Sports. Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins, who's back on Monday. Don't forget the show's live from West Edmonton Mall. Oilers are back from their bye week and from their all-star break. 
it's uh, all combined now that teams get the bye week before the all-star break and, then, and some get it after. Oilers will practice 3.30 to 5 at the Ice Palace. Then from 6 till 8, yeah, you have a chance to get some autographs from your favorite Edmonton Oilers. Um, I'm sure Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl will be high on a lot of people's lists. And uh, Reed Wilkins will be down uh, with this very show on uh, 6.30, Chad, Inside Sports. So we're pleased tonight to be joined by uh, Kenny Stafford joining us in studio, receiver for this, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Um, tell me about being your own agent. I know you have a contract right now. Yes. Um, last year you were working on a deal. Yeah. This year you have one. So how does it differ this year from last year? Um, a lot less stress. I mean, I'm not working a phone. I'm not like you know <laughs> seeing who's getting signed. I'm not working numbers. I'm not, you know, doing typically what I would normally be doing if I was into going into a free agent free agent off season. So uh now it's just, you know, focus on yourself, you know, mm-hmm. your mental, your physical. You know, I'm training kids now, so you know, I'm training kids here in Edmonton. So you're giving back to the community, you know, keeping me young, you know, keeping me for still around the game of football and just enjoying my time off until I really start ramping up my off season when I head back down to Florida. Yeah. Is it uh is it also kind of checking in to see what Craig Dickinson, your head coach, is thinking and yeah. what Jeremy O'Day, your general manager, is thinking? And I've got to factor in, too, the offensive coordinator you know very well because his name yeah. is Jason Moss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, right when the – so I was always in constant communication with uh, Jeremy O'Day because, like you said, I got traded to Saskatchewan. So yeah. it wasn't like they – like handpicked me in free agency or you know they're building a team around me they kind of just got me in a bonus like uh mm-hmm. they had a returner Edmonton needed a returner and then for the exchange for the returner they got a veteran receiver who was familiar with their you know coaching staff familiar with their offense so was just able to be if anything happened be a plug and play that's what I'm thinking from you know a general manager general manager standpoint mm-hmm. so now coming into this offseason I was in constant communication with uh uh, O'Day because you know I'm at a point in my career where if you don't see me as like a day one starter or you know you don't see me as you want to build around me or build me help build like you know what you're trying to do as a offense uh, you can kind of just let me go and I can go compete yeah. across the CFL and go win a job like I'm not scared of competition I've never been scared of competition because, I mean, I've competed with some of the best receiving cores in the CFL. So I'm not really worried about from that standpoint. It was just like I'm wanting to give him the opportunity just to play football. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about a trade coming up or, you know, a free agency or, you know, Coach Moss knows me. Dickie knows me. I, we, we, were, we were in Edmonton together when we won a Grey Cup. So uh, just in constant communication with them. So, you know, when Coach Malls got hired, I was like, okay, you know, there's some familiarity there. I called out to Coach Moss, talked to him. We had a good talk. And then mm-hmm. uh, now I'm just seeing if, you know, free agency is coming around. So I don't know what direction they're going to go in. So from uh, that standpoint, I'm just sitting here waiting. But as right now, I am a part of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Yeah, it seems like for, for players um – who are pending or have a contract basically it's just kind of leave the team alone kind of because this is evaluation time free agency is less than 
three weeks away. What's what's interesting this year is I've talked about a couple times tonight. There's a negotiation period, what eight days prior to free agency, where teams can talk to potential potential players. So that's different. So it's kind of like players are evaluating or uh, teams are evaluating players right now, and yeah. it's you know some teams are busy, and like the Eskimos, they've been kind of busy, but we haven't seen many signings. So yeah, I mean, yeah, typically, I mean, I mean. Right now, the I, th- I would think general managers are getting, you know, their key pieces. You know, some of their key pieces that you know they need up on their team. Uh, you know, even if they're just good locker room guys, just to keep the locker room, you know, upbeat. You know, some of the leaders around. So I think you know the big signings, like big free agency. I mean, that will happen, like you said, that eight days prior, because you yeah. know people are still shuffling their boards right now, still trying to, you know, target some people. You know, and you know, you have some new head coaches, new coaching staffs are being put together. So everybody has, their, you know, their input. It's not often that you see a top 10 receiver in the CFL get traded and then not play one single game for that team. And I'm trying not to turn this into a negative question. I am more more want to tailor this question to more of a self-discovery of Kenny Stafford, you know, because that's a tough situation where I thought, I know Morley and I kept saying every week, this is the week Kenny gets in, this is the week, this is the week, and then, no, this is not the week. And then I thought near the playoffs, okay, this is the week. I thought when we were in Saskatchewan for the final game, we'd see you. But we, we saw you. We didn't see you on the field. Yeah. But how how'd you handle it? What did you learn about yourself? Uh, wow. So um, I'm not going to lie. At first when I got there, it was just like, okay. When I first got there, the day before, Shaq rolled his ankle really bad. Mm-hmm. So Shaq is limping around the locker room when I my first day there. So I'm like, they're like, well, you know, Kenny, you're going to Montreal. So, like, we play, I think we play, like, two days or, like, I think I had two practices. Right. So they were like, you got to learn as much as possible. And that's Shaq Evans, right? Yes. You're talking about, yeah. yeah. So they're like, you got to learn as much as possible. So I'm like, okay, so I'm going to dive in this playbook. I know McAdoo's system is kind of similar. They call things differently, but I'll be okay. I know Naaman will be playing next to me. So if anything, like, hey, your name, what's the concept? we got yeah. I know the concepts I might not know the plays but I know the concepts so uh, I'm I'm there and I'm practicing and I'm getting ready and they're like we still don't know yet we get on the airplane we still don't know yet I'm like okay so we go out there a day before so mm-hmm. we, uh, we're out there uh, I still don't know if I'm playing like uh, like Montreal like because we're good friends of mine or uh, BJ Cunningham and he was like man we think you're playing I was like bro I'm telling you I don't know he goes uh, you're playing this kid I'm like bro I really don't know <laughs> and then uh, I ended up not playing week one Shaq tested his ankle ends up being okay Mm -hmm. and then now i'm just in a a role just sitting there i'm traveling i'm on the 46-man roster i'm traveling with the team and i'm just sitting back and just you know trying to be patient but i'm being itch like i'm itching because i was off to a great start one of the like hottest starts i was in my my career absolutely yeah Uh, i think i put four touchdowns in six games Mm -hmm. two of them got called back Mm -hmm. uh we i missed got missed on a couple plays so like i was 
definitely on my way. Like, I was like, man, I'm feeling good. Me and Trevor were clicking because what people don't know, me and Trevor actually did some off-season work. Like, I flew up to Columbus, and me and him did a three-day, like, mini camp where mm-hmm. we got in, like, over 100 throws. So I got some chemistry with him before training camp. Mm-hmm. So, like, we're, like, constantly hitting, and I'm like, man, I'm feeling good. Coach Moss is putting me in a great situation. And I'm just like, okay, man, this is happening. Like, this is the year. Like, I finally am like, I can finally breathe and just play football. Yeah. And then, uh, matter of fact, the crazy thing is me and my girlfriend were about to go buy a townhome. About to go put an offer in on a townhome. Oh, my. On, I got traded on Sunday, I Mm -hmm. believe. Yeah, I remember it well, yeah. Um, We were going to, that Wednesday, we were going to go put in an offer on a townhome. Wow. So, yeah, I, I got traded, and then, so, what I learned about myself is, honestly, like, I had to do a, just, you know, it mess. I got in a dark place, just honestly, just because yeah. I was just like, man, like, this is happening again, like, what are you doing wrong? Like, everybody's telling you you're a good teammate, you know, you're a good person, you're a good player, like, why is this happening to you? So, honestly, just a lot of self-reflecting and mm-hmm. just sitting back and just like okay you know just analyzing the situation and just try to be as patient as possible the environment you played in though i mean everyone yes. says playing in regina is an experience is a great experience that team had so many good stories to it from craig dickinson rounding into a solid head coach to yes. cody fajardo rounding into a solid quarterback in a Shaq, West Shaq Amel, established himself. Shaq Evans, yeah. Yeah. And a Even heck of Swerve, a D-line. Swerve yeah. established himself as a playmaker. Yeah. Uh, the D-line was crazy. The Even the... The defense, the whole defense. The whole defense like, by like the, the whole, end of the year. The yeah. whole defense was clicking by the end of the yeah. year. Uh, I'm actually... You... It's a disappointment they didn't go to the Grey Cup. Well, mm-hmm. we didn't go to the Grey Cup. I say them is because, like, I didn't strap on no pads. Like, I I got to lay out my jersey for the Western Conference Final. I thought <laughs> I was going to play, but didn't get to play. But And then I, the darn crossbar. Yeah. It, Cody hits it, a crossbar. Hits a crossbar. Something <laughs> that you, like, practice to do, like, at the end of practice. Like, you know, just joking around and yeah. he hits it. But, no, um... No, that 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 locker room's amazing. That that organization is is a top notch organization for and, sure. And I was gonna say, tell me about the support you receive from teammates when you're going through that dark place. I'm gonna tell you the, the one person that you know made it. Like you know, there was a couple of people. Swerve was one of them because he, he you know he's a young guy. He's upbeat and he's 23. So yeah. like being next to him, being in the same receiver room, you know, he made it an easy transition. And Swerve is uh, uh, Kyron. Kyron Moore. Moore. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Dan Clark, yo. The oh, I always gravitate somehow to the O line because <laughs> I'm a firm believer it starts up front. Like, For sure. If you have a good O line, I can't get the ball, and then the quarterback. So yeah, like I, I gravitate towards the O line and make sure they're they're appreciated. But Dan made it super smooth, made me welcome since day one. And I played against a lot of those players, so I kn- kind of know them through either training mm-hmm. or playing. So, you know, like Ed Ganey, me and him were in Montreal from the beginning of like, our careers in 2014. We were in training camp together in Montreal, so I know Ed. Uh, I kind of know pretty much the whole defense playing against him. Mike Edom I was in Montreal right. with. Uh, so it was just an easy, trans- a smooth transition. They made it easy. And what did they... 
the easy the what made it even easier is like man you should be playing like the players like man you can play like even when I got in practice and was able to show what I can do there goes yeah man you should be playing so they made it easy man made me made me definitely a part of the team for sure Joined by Saskatchewan Rough Riders receiver Kenny Stafford here on 630 Chet uh, Inside Sports. Let's switch leagues. Talk yes. about the same sport. Switch leagues here. Okay. Super Bowl is 10 days away. Yes. The Kansas City Chiefs, the San Francisco 49ers. I know it's early to make a prediction. I don't necessarily want you to do that. I'm kind of leaning towards one way, but... I kind of did a little bit of a deep dive of of both teams last night. Yes. And I said to myself, oh, my gosh. These teams are more even than I thought. This is this yeah, is a really tough matchup. This is a great, great tough matchup. Yeah. Hold on. Shout out Dan Clark, by the way. He just he's on my Instagram live, so I had to shout him out. Nice. But no, I like okay, so I really like the 49ers. Why? Because their defense. Right. Their front seven is really good, which allows their back half to kind of just sit on routes. Um, and also their running game sets up their pass game. For sure. But now since Tevin Coleman got hurt, that dual threat, because what Kyle Shanahan was doing, which was pretty much not running back by committee, but he would be running both backs in and whoever got the hot hand stayed in. Yeah, Coleman or Mostert or Breda or... So, like, whoever got the hot hand, they were able to, you know, you know, go with them, but they also had two other backs that can play some good football. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that that eliminates Jimmy Garoppolo dropping back 30 times. You know, and the receivers, besides Emmanuel Sanders and the young guy, he's still young, so... Mm -hmm. Uh, Debo Samuel, I believe. Yep, that's the and, guy. And then you got Emmanuel Sanders, and you have Kittle. But Kansas City has a great defense, and Kansas City has even a better offense. Mm-hmm. So I thought to start, I said defense beats offense. So I thought Niners, I'm favoring the Niners. Great and then I look at it. always beats great defense. That's very true. Exactly. And I just think as good as Garoppolo has been, as good as the run game has been, as good as Kittle has been, I mean, Garoppolo, 6 of 8, 77 yards in the NFC Championship game. He has seven games of 250 yards passing or more yes. in, the, in the regular season. So he can sling the ball. Yeah. But I look at Kansas City. It's definitely all – everything is in between the hashes yeah. with Garoppolo, though. Like, yeah. It's never pushing the ball outside the numbers. And I don't have that receiver to push the ball outside the numbers. And Kansas City, I like their safety play with mm-hmm. Tyron Ty- Matthew. Like, he, he sh- for sure that up. And they have some, some really good DBs on the outside that can cover. So, yeah. I can – I would. this is going to be an interesting matchup, but I'm – I'm going to go with Kansas City. I'm going with Kansas City as well. I look at the Chiefs as being uh, led by the best off-script quarterback the NFL has seen in a long, long time or ever in Patrick Mahomes. And I think that that's the difference for me is is they have so many ways to beat you offensively. Andy Reid is still very creative as an offensive uh, play caller. And Mahomes, it's just like you know how tough it is with scramble rules. And they know it so well. And I'll say this, too. The Chiefs in the regular season were a, not a very good run defense. But how much does recent history matter? Because in the two games they've played, they've been a really good run defense. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it, it's a different form of, like, a different 
type of football when it gets to those crunch time games. Yeah. I've been blessed to be able to play in uh, a conference championship and a Grey Cup. So, you know, yeah. we've been able to play in the Western Conference Final in the Grey Cup. And the level of football is just totally different. It's taken up two to three notches. So you got to think. And people, you know, you know, you you want to win. You wanna you want to get to that Super Bowl. So you know, yeah, I like I'm like I'm taking can like you say. And with their the quarterback play, I mean, you got Patrick Mahomes. Like he's like you say, not off script, but even when he's scripted, the throws he makes, yeah. the the touch he puts on the ball, and the weapons he has, like weapons that can play football. And people for like talk about George Kittle so much, but Travis Kelsey, uh, people forget what type of season that that guy just had. I think yeah. it was the most impressive season from a tight end. I think statistically, I believe, for sure. Now, we don't have very long to talk about this, so I'll have to ask your opinion and give no you worries. a quick opinion here. Yes. Is Eli Manning a Hall of Famer? Yes. Really? Based on? He's clutch. Clutch None. win? Okay. Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, I guess so, yeah. That's it, eh? I, I would say... He's 117 yes. and 117 in the regular season. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's tough. I, I would I would lean against no. You would lean against no. But I look at the Super Bowls and I go, wow, those were pretty those were pretty phenomenal. And playoff I don't know runs. his numbers. I'm gonna give him a soft yes right now because I I like people say like you're not a Hall of Famer and people gotta think about it. I have to look at his numbers. Like He's, if I if I can look at his numbers, yeah. and he, then maybe compare seventh all time in passing, Hall of Famer. Okay then. Come on, you top ten in passing. Yeah. Okay. I give it to him. Maybe I'm just a bitter Pats fan. Cause... And then, it, and if he didn't, and if <laughs> Odell didn't go to Miami, and they would have been locked in for that playoff game, uh, they probably would have went went further th- that year when Odell dropped all them passes. He dropped a touchdown, dropped a third down conversion. Oh yeah, it was bad football. Kenny, good to see you, man. Good to see you too. All the best to you. Thank you for having me. This is 6:30, Chad, Inside Sports. Riders receiver Kenny Stafford for stopping by. This portion of Inside Sports brought to you by the Furnace Family. Experience the Furnace Family difference. Your Furnace Replacement Specialist with over 500 five-star Google reviews. Call 7804-FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com. Richard on the text line. What's this about one-year contracts? You can't sign multi-year contracts anymore in the CFL? You can, but players are choosing not to. Because contracts are not guaranteed. Uh, As Morley Scott would say, every contract is a one-year contract. It's just if a team decides to bring you back, even if they have a three-year deal or a two-year deal. That's right, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Different factors, too. I mean, you got some younger players are using the CFL now as a stepping stone to get down south somewhere. You have, you know, different... uh, It's a myriad of agendas, right, with players going into different camps and that stuff and... Just the one-year deals, I, I think, are a little bit more flexible nowadays to, yep. and more conducive to everybody's situation, I yep. guess. Totally agree. Some other news and notes. Uh, Toronto Raptors forward Pascal Siakam is going to the All-Star game. He was chosen as an East, Eastern Conference starter, having a fantastic season for the uh, 
Toronto Raptors averaging 24 points a game, seven rebounds and three and a half assists per game. Australian Open, Canada's Milos Raonic will be in action early this morning as he will take on Stefano Tsitsipas in the third round, the only Canadian left on the men's or women's draw of the Aussie Open. All-Star Skills Competition tomorrow, the three-on-three game between the women and the uh, the Canadian women's and U.S. teams. That's going to be fun. I can't wait for that one. And the All-Star Game is on Saturday at 6 o'clock. Catch it live right here on 6.30 Chad. Tomorrow, I know Bob Stoffer is going to join us. We're going to hear from Carter O'Donnell, offensive lineman from the U of A, and we'll hear about uh, Nicole Palladino and the um, fight back from a spinal cord injury We've joined by Rebecca Reef, who has uh, come up with a uh, GoFundMe page. Kellen Kennedy is a student producer. I'm Dave Campbell. Thanks for listening. Have a good night. Adler's next. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.